Welcome back. Tippy Tap 14. 14. This is wow. a hell of a day. Weather's finally decent. No, it's not. It fucking, it's miserable out there. Is it? Yeah, it's always fucking hot when we record. I'm hiding inside. Uh, and, that, and then, of course, we got the humidity back. And, of course, we have our guest who probably knows very much about humidity as well. <laughs> That's a great segue. That's a great segue. Yeah, we, we had so much fun with that Speed 2 episode. We just had to bring it back. And the things you, Stuart, the things you said about Sandra Bullock, America's sweetheart. I can't even repeat them. You're gonna have to. You people are gonna have to go listen to that episode again. See, I, I wrote to Sandra. This is a true story. I wrote to Sandra Bullock once and told her she should play a pedophile. I did. It's <laughs> an actual true story. I read a newspaper article, which I, I sort of mentioned the story in the Speed Two episode. But she put out an interview saying, "I'm sick of playing the same roles. I want to do something different." So I'm like, "Do you know what? I'd look really amazing if she plays something super dark." So I wrote to her and said, "You, if you agree to play a child molester, I'll write the script for you." She didn't write back though, so I don't know. Wow. <laughs> so, Mary Kay Letourneau story, basically. She could be Gisley mm-hmm. Maxwell. She could be. Oh yeah, but she was more of a. She didn't molest kids. She just set up kids to be molested. But still, she's part of a pedophile. She kind of looks like her. So it would it, another Oscar. I smell another Oscar. So maybe start writing that for her and send that suggestion down her uh, alley, and you could play Epstein. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> fuck. We could get, uh, Epstein could play. Epstein. Hauser, he's, not really, he's not really dead, is he? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah. let's just assume he's dead. Murray will play Epstein. Yeah, you could play Trump. I'll do a good job. I got the awful hair. I could do it. Do just paint my hair. face orange, and we're good to go. <laughs> That's it. I, I smell like an independent film, guys. Let's get it going. <laughs> Let's get the rights to this movie. Uh, well, someday COVID will stop and we'll be able to make movies and everything again. So one of the reasons why Stuart is here is because he's, this is the, the episode we're doing is actually his suggestion. Because he was like, first of all, why the fuck don't you talk about Golden Globes movies anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you used to talk about canon movies? Oh, I'm never like, old. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. And he's like, well, you need to do a top five, your favorite canon movies. And we're like, that's a great idea. And I said, you know what? You need to come on it and do it with us. So that's why he's here. Yeah, I, I totally forgot not giving you that suggestion. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's well, what I'm taking credit for. It. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was my idea. That's what makes you Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we're going to do our top five. Yeah. Canon films. And this, this, we're going to do kind of, you know, we're going to circle around, but we also have a couple of additions to it. We wanted to make sure we're not just doing top five. We want to get some more under the surface layers kind of stuff in here. So we also will be uh, naming a top sidekick across canon, a top villain across all of our canon movies, a top hero, and a top henchman. And a top henchman. And then uh, I said villain. And, uh, or did I not say henchman? You did not. I didn't. I said I didn't get henchmen in here. Well, you suck. Oh man, I gotta work on that in in the fly here. <laughs> I forgot to add mine. Fix it in post. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just added it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and it, and then of course the worst canon movie for us. Yes, the worst. And um, I think with that, do you want to go ahead and? Have Stuart kick it off with yeah. what, which one did you? We're want gonna to start. Do? We're gonna build up. You you should have been prepared because we're starting with henchmen. Oh, we're building up to the hero. Gosh dang it! So yeah, uh, yeah. since uh, Stuart, since you are our guest, you're gonna start it off, and I want to hear. Lay it on me. What's your favorite canon henchman? You should have been well prepared, like I was. I did my henchman about three and a half minutes ago. <laughs> 
I mean, I don't mean I did my henchman. You know, I wrote the name on the piece of paper. So my henchman is um, is is. So this is like a villainy one, isn't it? Yes. Oh, right. I thought I thought you meant sidekick. <laughs> well, so henchman. Henchman is a is an interesting word. Uh, the evil version I, of a sidekick. I, I, right. I am going for Jeff Goldblum in Death Wish Two. Ooh, that's wow, awesome! Yeah, great. That was a, oh my god, that's a good pull. You just had to do that on the fly too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <I> certainly did. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is the fly because you're wrong, Stuart. Because he was in Death Wish the first one. one. Right. Well, let's go for Larry Fishburne in Death Wish Two. I'm going for Larry. They have Fishburne. a flashback scene in Death Wish Two because I don't remember Death Wish One being a canon film. No, Death Wish Two. You ruined Death the Wish show, Stuart. Larry, Larry Fishburne, Death Wish Two. That's what I meant. Larry Fishburne, great. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Still a good pull. <laughs> he gets shot right through a boombox. That's a great kill. <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's back when he was Larry Fishburne. Now he's Lawrence. He's gotten all... Uh, he keeps changing his name, doesn't he? It? It's like very confusing. That's a good one. My that's side... Alright, well, my henchman. This, this is Remember, this isn't action. This is canon. So I'm going outside the box. I'm not even going to say an uh, a action movie henchman. I'm going to say Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I like it. He steals mm. the show. Bill Mosley stole the show. He is actually the real villain, but he's still a henchman, technically. Yeah, that's true. Because he was... Uh, Chop Top is the metal plate guy? Yeah. Oh, my God. He really does. He yeah. creeps you the fuck out. Right. And you, you know how he got that role. Do you know the story of how he got that role? I do not. He, he had done this little sort of fan film, little crappy clip. Where he's like, hey, cheese, and he did that sort of clip. And Toby Hooper saw it and went, I'm loving that guy for the second one. That's how he ended up being a number two. Nice. Great choice. Love it when a, a good cast comes together like that. That's awesome. Sound like Hannibal from A Team for a I second. know. Uh, well, don't worry, guys. I got my henchmen. I got them okay. already. I actually did think this one through, I just forgot to put it in my notes because mm-hmm. we got to go to our, our, our favorite Native American man. Transcom Richmond. We first noticed him right in the very first episode, and we we're like, "Who is that guy? We see him in so much, and he's always a villain, <laughs> never, never the main, or always a hench, never the vil." Right. And uh, he deserves better. We've talked about this in many of episodes. So Transcom Richmond as Victor in Hero and the Terror. All he does is get sadly roundhouse by Chuck Norris's brother. And it looked good. He sold the hell out of it. Great facials, great hair work. You know, you re- he sold it. He sold it. I believed it. So, Branscombe. Hey, I'm glad Branscombe's being represented. Branscombe. I didn't have him on my list. Exactly. Needs representation. All right. So I'm, I'm, gonna- glad he- I'm glad Hero the Terror got mentioned. I love that movie. I haven't seen that for a long time. So thanks, seen- guys. You've just made my list even longer of rewatches. <laughs> I've not even got around to watching Rebo yet, but now I've got to add Hero and the Terror to it. Thanks oh, my so goodness. Much. He's... You've seen Remo before? Oh, a long time ago. I've seen it a few times. Yeah. Oh wow, that was I. I couldn't. I didn't even know that was a movie. That there's so many to be <laughs> surfaced from the '80s. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm gonna take the lead on the sidekick. And okay. you know, if you've listened to this show, it's very anticlimactic. You know, I gotta pick my man, Steve James, of course, as Curtis Armstrong from American Ninja. It's great in that. Great. I mean, he's great in every role, but he's especially great in that. Yes. <laughs> but this is where he, like, really kind of became a star as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Was this, he was just kind of the guy. He was the black friend who got killed in every movie beforehand. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. What can I say? The guy's amazing. You know what? He's so amazing. I have to a story I wrote down. I got this from the uh, amazing Sam oh, Furstenberg yeah. book. Your, your Sam Fursten Bible? Right. This this is a quote from Duty Michael Dudikoff on Steve James, and this is from the this is uh, talking about the avenging I don't know, the set of avenging force. And if you watch it, you actually listen to our episode. We actually acknowledge this scene because it's a continuity fuck up. Okay, so this is Duty on Steve James. We didn't even do a scene, and I'd go, Steve, you're supposed to have a shirt on. He said, my brother, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm not wearing a shirt. It's too hard for that body. And I said, yeah, but it's not going to match. He answered, you know what? Ask me if I fucking care. <laughs> I love this. I love my muscles. And I'm just going to get out there and show it to them. 
That was Steve. He didn't want to just be good. He wanted to be a great action star. I learned a lot from Steve. Shooting with him was something I will always remember. Hmm. This he, says it all right there. I, I think it's because he's probably seen himself on the screen and he forgot he was in movies because he's so boring. But you see Steve, that mustache, the bulging muscles, the shirts off all the time, the bowling ball scene, everything. And that's you know, if you see Avenging Force, there is that scene where they're at that they're at the harbor, of course, because all fucking oh, evil know. happens at a harbor. And you're like, you see him with the shirt. And the next scene, he's a shirtless, beating the shit out of people. And you're like, okay, I'll go with it. Griff, I mean, I, I was reading my uh, my Steven Seagal biography, and there's a thing in that where somebody's like, Steven, you're supposed to wear a shirt, and he's like, I can't find one big enough. A little bit different to the Steve James one, but I think that's probably where right. Stephen took that quote from, from the first about Bible. Oh, man. Poor Stephen. Yeah. All right. So we're doing sidekicks. Right. All right. Again, another one that I changed <laughs> just in the last minute here. Well, actually, it was like 15 minutes ago. I had Party Dog from uh, Young Warriors. That's a great pick. Because that was a good pick. I mean, that Party Dog was awesome. He pulled that group together. He was right. the core of Any that. dog that wears sunglasses. Yeah, a dog wore sunglasses. And you notice that as soon as the dog dies, the whole group falls apart. He kept it together. So right. I had him. I switched him out because I wanted to give some more representation out to uh, – Another unknown actor that we started to uh, cast this label across a lot of small Asian men in movies. Victor Lin from Bloodsport. You must be Frank Ducks. Oh, Jimmy Mouth of the Southeast Asia? Jimmy Mouth of the South. (laughs) East Asia. East Asia. So I got him from Bloodsport. Okay, that's a good pick. Yeah, I liked him. All right, why don't you start off now the next round with the villain? Did we get Stewart's? No, yeah. no I've been, been, been totally ignored, like speak to. Uh, he's trying <laughs> to right over you. He's he's offended by that Steven Seagal uh, mention again. <laughs> so, <it is>. yeah. <laughs> so my sidekick is uh, Max Donegan from Firewalker, played by Chuck Norris, because as far as I'm concerned, Lou Gossett Jr. is the real star of that movie, not Chuck. Wow, that's a, a hot take. Yeah. Please don't, I, I, please almost don't like fire. You're walking on fire with that take. I am. Yeah, if Chuck okay. finds out, I'll be missing in action. <laughs> Get a talking titles now. <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Griff, lead off with villain. Villain. All right. I got to go with the one. I, I need history for the villain because this is a guy that scared the shit out of me. I told, I think I might have said on the podcast, might have just told Murray personally. This is a man I've seen the movie 45 times as a kid. And he still, I still thought he was going to win every time I watched the movie. And I'm going back to Bloodsport, of course, with Bolo. Even though I knew Jean-Claude beat him, I still thought he was going to win. He just, everything about him. If he just didn't gloat as much as he did, he would have he handled Jean-Claude no Pride problem. Pride before the fall. Exactly. That's a great pick. All right, Stuart, give me your villain. My villain is uh, Lenny, played by John Cryer in Superman 4, Quest for Peace. God, that guy. <laughs> that is that, just, that was the perfect henchman. What the fuck? Uncle X. No, it's awful. No, it's terrible. He's the villain because he just ruins that movie more so than, oh, by the well, way, you know I'm what? stealing your special effects budget. I'm changing my my henchman. My henchman is now the guy in the leopard like, costume, <laughs> the human statue that was in, in the, the background. background. I love it. Like, yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that villain pick though, because just like me and Bolo, just offended him on it in every way. Just you know, <laughs> ruined it. Well, I'm about to drop the mic on you guys. I won when it comes to villains because I picked the ultimate villain. Of course, I'm talking about Professor Glastonbury oh, from Jesus. Avenging Force. An elderly man who held his own with Michael <laughs> Dudikoff, and uh, he uh, he gave some great Trump speeches in there, inspired oh Trump. Oh my God! It, seriously, I thought it was right out of the RNC. From this I'm waiting week. to hear when Trump he's in Kenosha today when he says, "You know, Hitler wasn't so bad," <laughs> and just goes <laughs> word for word the Professor Glastonbury oh, uh, speech. God. He he hunted people with a cool ass wrestling mask and a pipe. I loved it. There's so much to love about it. Uh, John P. Ryan, 
underappreciated actor. For sure. You get it. You're getting our appreciation appreciation right now. Love it. All right. That's it. Heroes. Let Stuart start us off Stuart, for Heroes. Let's hear it. Well, second time this film's been mentioned in this episode. My hero is Joe Armstrong from American oh. Ninja, played by Michael Dudikoff. And you can check oh, in American wow. Ninja 2 as well. Oh, that's good. Uh, Griff doesn't know how to react. I don't know how to react to that. I ju- well, I just made fun of Michael Dudikoff, and now Stuart's picking it as his favorite hero. So, Well, we're the minority, dude. I mean, uh, I get a lot of flack, especially from this guy over in England, <laughs> about Michael Dudikoff. We just, don't, we just don't get it, man. It's a cultural difference, I guess. I don't know. This, yeah. Is it like a James thing about James Dean thing about him or something? Like, uh, how how do you get yeah, into it, Michael Dudikoff? It, it, it's kind of like uh, James Dean if James James Dean could throw bits of metal and kill ninjas and stuff. Okay. So it's kind of like a bit of a hybrid. But no, he was one of the just the action stars of the eighties from the whole Cannon thing. And then because Van Damme's like, all right, you can do the splits and do a high kick, whoop de doos. Michael Dudikoff can drop smoke bombs. And he's he's a ninja, but he's oh, not from the Far game. East. Well, don't don't shatter the illusion. It was him. He did it all. <laughs> Fine. There were no stunt coordinators, and he did it all. In fact, he was he wasn't even acting. That was him. He is a ninja himself. It was a Truman Show thing where they were just you know filming a guy's real life. Yeah, yes, exactly what it was. It's like the longest TikTok video ever, isn't it? That film. It's good. And there, of course, there's that one famous scene in American Ninja 2 where he's walking out of the office and you can clearly see his standing, <laughs> staring into the camera. It's like, duty, why weren't you even in that scene? I sent a tweet to him. He blew yeah. me off. Yeah. He blew- even his double didn't send me back an answer. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Oh, man. All right. My uh, hero, he's the ultimate, the most underappreciated action star of the 80s, Sho Kazugi as Cho Asaki. From Revenge of the Ninja. I like it. I really like he, that. He does he fucking makes all these fucking weapons. He's always starting businesses. He's living the American dream. He's the Japanese businessman that Joe Marshall, Samurai Cop would respect. Oh, for sure. He's always coming over into like an impoverished area, opening up a nice or uh like ethnic shop and just, you know, bringing the community together. Right. Teaching kids how to do karate, how to self-defense, all that. He's wonderful. He's the ultimate ninja as far as I'm concerned. Great pick. And, of course, he's not affiliated with a product like Duda Coffee that puts you to sleep. Right. <laughs> so I, I had to add that additional shot in there because uh, you made fun of my hero that I added in here. And, uh, of course, that's going to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, I'm going to swerve. I thought about doing Bloodsport, but then I realized right. there was one that meant a little more to me. Because I'm a little brother, and he plays the little brother. I'm going, of course, with Kurt Sloan, Tippy Tap, Mister Tippy Tap himself, the guy that gave us the name. Tippy yes, Tap. for the titular name for this episode, Tippy Tap himself, Kurt Sloan. That's great, I get. So, are we ready to start our top five? Then, yes, we are. All right, all right. Why don't you Why don't you start us off again, Stuart? Really, this is top five movies we're going to fire out then, is it? Yep. Yep. Well, this is the first 18 certificate film I ever sneaked into. I actually bought a ticket to see Bambi and sneaked in to see the wonderful. It was snubbed at the Oscars. It was snubbed. I went up to Ticket Desk and went, can I have a ticket to see Bambi, please? He's like, really? You're going to watch Bambi? I'm like, yeah, really? You're going to watch Bambi? Yes, I like Disney films. And then I ran into the different auditorium and watched Marion Cabretti kill some horrible scumbags because he's the cure. Cobra. Hell yeah. That that is a movie to sneak into. That was, you, you, oh wow. That's it. So how old were you were you where you had uh, to actually sneak in? Fifteen. I was fifteen. It, it came out in eighty six or it. So that had yeah. to be a prime age to see, see some I, stuff. I had a negligent mom, so she just took me to see it. She didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Whatever. This is this is funny coming, uh, you know, hearing this story from us Americans because my mom was taking me to see all the action movies too. We love it. Well, you know, we love our violence here. Yeah, we love violence, and as long as there's no tits in it, it's a okay. Yeah, I don't think there were any tits. In that. No, there weren't in Cobra, but it was like over here. The the newspapers were like, "This is the most violent film ever." You watch it now, you think this is like not violent yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, yeah that's weird. It was just like, at the time, I don't think of it being like like super violent compared to like no. other movies that were coming right. out. No, no, that's, no, that's, that's great pick. Thank you. 
my pick number five. It's kind of redundant because I was talking about him earlier. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh, yeah. You know, like Toby Hooper, he didn't want to make this movie. The only reason he made this movie was because he wanted to make Life Force, which would make my top ten. I love naked space vampires. Yeah. But he could have just went though. He could have phoned it in. He could have been like, uh, you know, I'm going to just remake Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but he didn't. Actually, and you know me, Griff, I hate comedy horror. Yes. But for some reason, this one works for me because it's still got the scares in it. I don't like what I don't like about comedy horrors are the movies where there's no stakes. Like there's no scares in it. Like yeah. everything's a joke. Yeah. This one, it still had the scares in it. Chop Top was great, but then it had the comedy in it. Uh, like I said, Chop Top steals the show. I, how can you fucking not love Dennis Hopper with fucking chainsaw six shooters on his sides yeah no it's there's a lot of great imagery the villain work is awesome in it like you're creeped up the fuck out by chop top then you have i, I forget i forget what they call the dad grandpa there's Gr- grandpa there's the, well he's not he's the cook he's not he's or the, the brother actually oh, i always okay. thought he was a dad too but he's oh, the brother he's the brother okay and then you got leatherface of course he was wonderful and then the decrepit old uh yeah, grandpa gr- great grandpa grandpa oh and then you had uh fucking Leatherface using the chainsaw's extension of his dick. It was some crazy shit going on. There was there was a lot of good there was a little social on. commentary about eighties capitalism. Their whole set in that awkward like basement thing, oh, with the tubes and everything. Yeah, it, it like it made you very tense. It was they did a good job despite the comedy bits. So that's my number five. All right, my number five. Here we go. No one's going to expect this one. No one's going to know what this movie is. Enter the Ninja, starring the steely blue-eyed god that is Franco Nero. I loved him. Uh, I mean, he's the worst ninja ever. (laughs) He's awful. They did a great job of swapping him in and out, though, because they put him in the full like ninja outfit where you could only see those steel blue eyes. Right. So they just swapped in. He's great with close-ups. He's great with close-ups. The nunchuck scene, amazing mustache you don't see enough ninjas with you mustaches. notice he, he he didn't need a double for the sex scenes oh i noticed that <laughs> don't worry i uh i've studied the sex scenes hundreds of times i mean you got the mustache you got show kazugi in that movie uh, as first well first ever movie yeah so you know you're getting some great work out of that he's right. going to be working with a real stuntman and not franco nero because like we said franco nero's stunts were sex scenes uh you got some signs in that as well. That's where we started to see, like we saw it early on. Franco was doing the hand signs. Right. So that's my you five. You had that lovable guy that was selling pornography, like pictures yes, cut out of the magazine. Raincoat. Yeah, like on the streets. Oh, so good. That was the way it was before the internet, Griff. We just bought pictures somebody clipped out of a porno mag. <laughs> and we're like, this is what we got. This is what we got. We just what bought a ditch. All right. So I will lead off with number four. I gotta say, you, I gotta give honor homage to your favorite hero. It's fucking Bloodsport, dude. Oh yeah, this is the breakout role for Jean Claude. For sure, mean, set the standard for we. You know, my dream is to have people fight to the death for my amusement, and this set the standard. This is how I'm gonna build my my death arena look just like the one from Bloodsport. Yeah, you look perfect. I love it. Got I the placards it. and everything. The Jeopardy placards. We had to actually swap right. them out. No, no computers. We're gonna have the. We're gonna have this. The fucking placards. So was this his lamest splits? Like, how did how did Bloodsport? Uh, how was no. it on your radar? Bloodsport was great because it, it did. This is the one film that showed the different things that Van Damme could do, like the splits and the high kicks and the splits and the French accent or Belgium or whatever, and the splits and some high kicks. So it did. It showcased the pure talent of Jean Claude Van Damme. Did I mention the high kicks? Because he did. The- <laughs> yeah, but you know, what you also Quite forgot good. the pure talent that he had that he put in every movie afterwards. The butt shot. We got the, the butt shot. shot. That was the first butt <laughs> shot we got. And it it we certainly could- wasn't the last, was it? No. Because, <laughs> like I said, I, I wrote down. It's like the birth of the JCVD tropes. You got the fucking splits, like you said. Yep. Got the butt shot, and you got those crazy Euro fashions. Yeah, I was on. gonna say high waisted pants, <laughs> high waisted slacks, low fucking V cut shirts, suspenders oh. on shirts. I don't know what's going the, on. Like little boy hair haircut that he always has. <laughs> it's like perfectly <laughs> parted, and 
Jean-Claude Van Damme! <laughs> Weren't it? That's, that's where he got his surname from. Everybody going, wow, look at his ass. Blue <laughs> <laughs> gloss going on in that ass. Blue gloss everywhere, yeah, you can tell. Yeah. So, All right, so Griff, number four for uh, you. Okay, number four. Uh, again, just going off the beaten path here. You never would have thought this man would make my list because I shit on him all the time. Yeah, I know. Especially in the canon era. Like, you had me... That go- was his lower it know, was yeah. it was but i did appreciate this because it felt more real it was 10 to midnight all right i watched this and last month last month yeah, by choice. yeah by choice yeah. i i think it works today better than it did back then because mm-hmm. i think i think back in the day people were like Ah, yeah, sexual perverts don't exist. Uh, she was probably asking for it. I believe that's the '80s crowd. And that's why the you know we still have people saying it today. There's too many people for, with that '80s mindset. Nowadays, you know, you got this creep going out. He gets caught red-handed in the middle of the road, naked, blood everywhere, and they're just like, seems like a pretty innocent kid. You know, <laughs> let's dust him off, get him some clothes, get him a nice job, and. Uh, was the kid that uh, shot people in Kenosha, was he naked while he was doing it? He was. That's Maybe that's thing. how he got off. That's probably why he got off. I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't even want to get into that. You got. You, please don't mention that. Oh, that was a silly situation, and it's only Topical. getting worse. Straight from the headlines. Oh, but of course, we even have the introduction of the Kinjate Cache uh, sex line. It was all inspired from this because we saw Bronson whip out, you know, some various sexual instruments. And this is this is another thing I really liked about this movie. He shits on it. He's saying, like, this is for demented people. And as we know today, no, it's cool. Have your sex toys. Have your cake, too. It was a different time. Different time. Makes me think, what's your number four, Stuart? My number four is the Delta Force from 1986. Oh, uh, a very, very cultural, sensitive movie where you've got Robert Forster playing Abdul Terrorist. Uh, yes. So great, great casting there. <laughs> Just imagine if that happened nowadays. But no, I love the Delta Force. Second one, yeah, not, not as good. But the first one to me holds up on every account. And you've got Steve James in there as well. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Go wrong with that. So, and, very uh a very odd movie in that the first half is very much a serious kind of you know like taking it seriously like drama about a hostage situation. Yeah. Second half straight just blow everything up. Based on a real story. Blow shit up. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly what it is. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, was, there, were, there were a lot of hijackings around that time. So I guess sort of the canon guys, and this is directed by Golan as well. It's like, oh, let me do a based on a true story where it's not really based on a true story, just motorbikes with rocket launchers on and all that. Oh, yeah. Great film. Wasn't yeah. it like, I think it was loosely based on, I could be totally wrong about this. I think when Reagan came into office, he sent the Delta Force to get the Iran hostages. I could totally be making this up. I don't know, but. All I remember is it's based on a pilot. Uh, and the one stewardess on the plane was. Uh, playing the role as you know that that's what it was based on from what i remember we did that one a long time ago so and sadly since we're we're just going forward i don't get to go back and rewatch a lot of these movies we do <laughs> right uh okay number three who i I've, I've lost track of i haven't gone first yet so okay. i can go first <sighs> my man's coming back out here all right we're busting out the jcvd again but Going off the beaten path. My whole selection is off the path. All right, we're going with Cyborg. All right, this is my post-apocalyptic cool movie. Murray's got his forty-five different post-apocalyptic movies. This is mine. This is one for Griff. Butt shots, splits, weird hair. Love the weird hair. I I'm a uh, wearing my weird hair these days. So you know, of course, I'm going with that. I, you I believe do kind of <laughs> the, like. Pre-cyborg when he had the like the Thomas Jefferson wig. Yes, you yes. got that going on right now. I should do a little ponytail <laughs> and everything. Oh, uh, didn't he have a horrible accent in that as well? I think it was just his accent. <laughs> so yeah. If you think was Van Damme in the film? Yes, he had a horrible accent. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good well. If he point. was trying to be American, yeah, he had a horrible accent. Okay. Yeah. But we got all kinds of guitar themes going on. You know, we got Fender Tremello, Gibson Rickenbacker, Marshall Strat, which. For no reason other than to just add a little more to it. Right. Just fun. I, I like that. 
It was, uh, and of course, Fender was an awesome villain. Was, I like this. <laughs> I forget what he said. I was going like Cookie Monster there. Cookies. <laughs> yeah. That was that was him. <laughs> He had that. He had those steel blue eyes as well. Well, he had those filthy sunglasses. <laughs> yes, and the and like the chain link vest. Yeah. Oh, that great villain. I, so he, much. He would, I think he would totally fit in my my top ten villains. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay, number three, Stuart. Let's hear it. I am. I am bringing back Chuck. Invasion USA. My God, I nearly wore out the VHS tape when I watched this one. I love this. <laughs> People like that's well far fetched, doesn't it? That that would happen in this world nowadays. Well, guess what? I'm to lots of countries, and Chuck would sort them out. But uh, that is one I do need to go back and rewatch because I probably haven't seen it for 15, 20 years. But I can remember the uh, the the hoverboats, the the big fight in the the mall, the something with a rocket launcher. Probably, of course, is a rocket launcher. It's got Chuck Norris in it. Great acting. Uh, I don't know if Steve James is in this one. I don't think so because Chuck doesn't yeah. need anybody else, does he? He just takes care of it himself. But, uh, this movie fun. was strong enough where he didn't need Steve in it. True. Yep. And there's there's definitely a lot to go back to that one on. Well, it's funny you say that, uh, Stuart, because my number three is also Invasion USA. <laughs> you know, we shit on Chuck a lot on this show, but this is Chuck's best fucking movie. It is, easily. We got 80s patriotism on steroids on this one. Oh, yeah. Because I don't give a but you're some liberal pussy. You come out of this, you're like, kill everybody. <laughs> this should have been one of your man novels. <laughs> yes. I'm sure it was based on one of those yeah. male literature. Again, a real neighborhood gets destroyed yes. by, by rocket launchers. Which is one of the coolest uh, like canon facts out there. We get the melted candle version of Rucker Hauer and Richard Lynch is <laughs> Rostov. And we get Billy Drago. And he gets his dick shot off. By Rasta. Oh, Billy D. Do you I, want the coolest canon trivia, though, to do with Invasion USA? And it ties in with an earlier episode that you guys did. Absolutely. Avenging, Avenging Force was meant to be Invasion USA 2. Oh. So yep, true story. Chuck, it's like, right, we're going to do Invasion USA 2. It's Avenging Force. Chuck, do you want to be in it? No more. Like, forget it. Okay, well, let's rewrite it. Give it to Dudikoff. So that's oh, where I'm, I'm glad that happened. Because uh, I also I have to mention the best use of denim ever in a movie. Oh yeah, Asian USA. <laughs> that whole Canadian tuxedo that Chuck yeah. wearing through the entire thing. Ah, he he wears it well. Griff, let's hear your number two. I just started. You start two. Or Stewart start two. No, wait. Oh, you're three. Give me your three. Already did three, Murray. I like yeah, I've only got two left, so somebody's. I, see, uh, I knew somebody's... I was gonna fuck this up. Yeah, I can't count. You can't know count. that. Yeah. So is Stuart is it Stewart's? We can, yeah. Let's have Stewart start with two. All right. Yeah, well, no. uh, so I I have kind of I'm cheating on this one, but I would have had five choices, but I'm only allowed four. So I am having Death Wish two, three, four, and five as my number two choice. I would put number one in there. It's not bad in Because they're all part of one saga. It's the story arc of Paul Kersey. So, you know, we won't talk about the first one, but we'll move on to the second one, where trauma happens, and he's a conscientious objector, and he doesn't want to do violence. And, you know, his daughter's killed, so he, he just he snaps. And then by number four, somebody knocks on his door going, do you want to go kill people? He's like, okay. <laughs> so, and then that's where it, it carries on. And number five, so I think somebody gets a, a slap to the face, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to go kill everybody then. It's a great story arc. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. It, it makes sense. It just, you know. Number five, someone realistic. doesn't tip the waitress well enough, so he chases, <laughs> chases after. Yeah. I, I Well, no, they, they were going to do a number six. Well, unfortunately, Charles Bronson passed away, but they, they were going to film it, I think, four or five years ago, had Charles Bronson still been alive. And somebody basically used Charles or Paul Kersey's Netflix password, and he just went mad. He just went and killed everybody because of that. So, uh, I'm surprised that. They, they, they didn't like dig up his corpse and like weekend at Bernie's him for six. We could CGI him now. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck, what are we talking about? You have the Bronzy. Bronzy exists. Yeah. We can do a Death Wish 6 now. We got fucking Robert Bronzy. Yeah, Robert Bronzy yeah. can do it. Do you, not think, do you not think he's he, he looks a spitting image of Charles Bronson, but I don't know if I'd like to be that actor going, let's hire you because you look like a dead guy. 
I don't know how I feel about that. It's a bit unusual. Gotta eat, you know. So yeah, like, yeah. Whatever. And we got to get a Bruce Willis out of Death Wish role. So you know, right? I didn't even go see that. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that one? Oh it, no, it's, it's okay. You know what? It's kind of it doesn't crap all over the original one. It takes things that were in the original one and and kind of updates them, so it is not as bad. I mean, it, you guys have seen Speed Two for God's sake. How could you not have seen Death Wish, the remake? Uh, we don't <laughs> we don't watch many modern action movies. I don't think. Yeah, no. Uh, am I next? I don't even. Fucking yeah, go know ahead anymore. and go next, Murray. All right, I'm gonna <laughs> rain from you. <laughs> it's it's got to be Avenging Force, man. This is where Duty and Steve finally gel. Or it's like I and and like Duty's almost believable as a badass. I'm like I can kind of see it now. Yeah, because you know I I will say I don't know about you, but I hated when we first started this show. Yeah, when we started with American Ninja. I was like, Dudikoff is fucking bullshit. Fuck this guy. He looks like shit. But I got to give him credit. It looks like each successive movie he was trying and he was getting better at the action. He he looks somewhat decent. He did have to struggle with an elderly man yes. at the end, but it looked like a real fight instead of a stand-in. Yeah, so I like that. John P. Ryan again, and him and his him and all his henches were fucking great. I love him. We had the guy with the fucking ski mask with the grommets on the mouth. I don't know what's going on with that. that fu- and it, uh, it predicted the rise of Trump. It, it really did, unfortunately. I mean, you listen to those speeches that John P. Ryan gives. They're like, word for word, I could see Trump yeah. saying these And, of things. course, you can go back and listen to our Avenging Force episode where I put the speeches in because <laughs> they're just powerful and you need to hear them. And, of course, if you close your eyes, you're like, wait, did I just... Go to the Kenosha Trump rally. What what happened here? I brought it up now too. See what you did to me. And of course, you get that famous puppet being thrown off a roof scene. Steve James is a senator and a badass. It's like, yeah, hello, sign me up. Right. I mean, the worst part, of course, Steve died, but you know, he Steve. he had a big problem. He hates he hates this movie. Steve, well, he's he's no longer with us, but he hated this movie because he's like, I'm sick of being the fucking black friend. That has to die yeah. so the white guy can do the shit. And I, in, I see where he's coming from. Yeah. But it's still a great fucking movie. All right. We well, just had Stu lead off. We'll have him go last. I'll go second here with my second movie. Over the top. Murray's least favorite Stallone movie <laughs> ever made. Yes. My one of my probably my favorite Stallone movie. Was, I don't care about Rambo. I don't give a shit about Rocky. Uh so you know what? Got Sloan trying to be a father in here. He's constant, you know. He's got his trucker hat. He's a whole trucker. His son's got more. Uh, uh, I don't know what to say about his son. His the son's got pussy. I hate that. Kid. Fucking, <laughs> fucking annoying. That's what he is. <laughs> his son's he got did. it together. And you guys are. <laughs> he's got it together and you guys are just jealous because when we were 10 we're trying to sneak in and see cobras and stallones or not stallones oh but this kid's got it all together he knows about calorie counting he knows how to do his uh sit-ups and shit you know he's got his life figured out and you guys are just jealous i get he's, it he's so excuse me dad big muscly dude do you ever clean this truck why would you live this way? Shut up, you little shit. Get out of my truck. I'm not even slowing it down. Oh. <laughs> I love that scene when he just like jumps out through traffic. Oh, God. Oh, oh, I trying to run him over and everything. Nobody hit him. Got to. I will say that one of my points in here why it's a great movie is that it proves that kids suck. His son sucks. It sucks. He sucks. He just spent like five minutes pumping this kid up. I know. It's for the show because it's my number two. Oh. But, uh, what I did really love is how they end this movie. Like the whole theatrics. We were talking about arm wrestling recently because we have no sports on. Well, back then we didn't have any sports on. You're watching arm wrestling, competitive <laughs> arm wrestling. You're like, they're doing promos, vignettes, boiler room brawls. They're fucking fighting for their life. I felt that in over the top. Like the truckers doing their promos and shit. And they're like crying on the hood of the truck. Like this would change my whole life, man. Right, you, we thought this was an exaggeration, but no, this is exactly a, a perfect example of what arm wrestling is about. Yeah, I loved it. So uh, before we get to our number ones, we got to do our least favorite canon movie. Okay, start off. Uh, oh, sure, you. I'll start off. Okay. All right, my least favorite is Break Into Electric Boogaloo. <gasps> what? No. No, no. 
Yeah. I, I, I'm fine with breaking one. I love the story of how it all came together. I think it was like Cannon heard that some other people were going to do a breakdance movie and they were like, no, we're going to do it first. And so they just churned it out in like an hour. So breaking two has the unfortunate uh, task of having a whole right wing craze militia group take up their name. You have everybody who says a sequel says, oh, uh, you know, speed Two, electric boogaloo. So it has worn out. I'm so sick of it. I can't stand it. Whenever I hear electric boogaloo, I cringe. So it's my. Oh, yeah, I want to yeah, send it out there to those boogaloo boys. Boogaloo that's boys. our word. You can't use it. All right. <laughs> that's Golden Globe is theater's word. Oh, we're God. revoking it. Come up with a new fucking. Have you name. seen these clowns out there? Not, uh, they wear like weird ale type shirts, you know, his like crazy. Uh, uh, 80 shirts, button-up shirts, and then they have like their AR-15s and rifles over it, and then they wear masks and shit. It's like, shut the fuck up. All right. All right. Uh, should I go? I'll go. Sure. <laughs> now, my least favorite. Uh, this is another anecdote. You know, if you listen to this show, you know what I'm going to say. It's Exterminator 2. Yeah. One word. Ginty. Yeah. If Ginty was alive, I would kill him. That's how much I dislike <laughs> Robert Ginty. <laughs> fuck you robert ginty you don't belong anywhere near a movie set let alone an action movie set good riddance <laughs> fuck off and die again all right Stuart. you guys made me watch this crappy horrible film but it was oh. a great episode that we did but my god that film was awful uh sorry chuck go fuck yourself silent rage oh that was oh, bad that's pretty bad yeah yeah really bad easy choice yeah terrible easy choice <laughs> all, all right. right number one mm. drum roll please we're gonna do our number ones <laughs> yep okay i'll i guess i'll start let's do it fuck it it's it's the greatest ninja movie ever fucking made it's revenge of the ninja it's fucking first starring role for show kazugi First starring, co-starring role for Kane Kazugi. Kane. Shane killed in the first five minutes. <laughs> I think what happened with that. I mean, I think. Positive. I, I think uh, shows like in gut instinct was like my he's Kane superstar in the making. Shane a drip. Yes, and he went with it. And then for some reason, I think he, he went to his head, his fame, and he's like, I can make this kid a star. And yeah. get putting Shane in the later movies. Shane, of course, is always a punching bag in the later movie, so he kind of got the reality of what his son is about. Yes. But he still made us watch Shane. Yeah. And this is great, because we see Shane, first five minutes, gets a fucking shuriken right to the head. <laughs> and we're like, I'm liking this. We got the fucking village people gang that, uh, that show takes hanging on. Hanging out in a populated park <laughs> with children and family. On a playground. On a playground, yes. Oh. And show just beats the shit out of them. And then the fucking final fight scene with all that ninja magic. We got fucking paper mache ninjas. The paper mache ninja. Oh, my God, the perfection. It was fucking amazing. We got, and we got fucking fire, ninja shooting fire at show. and Hot tubs. <laughs> Hot tubs, <laughs> hot tub torture. <laughs> a woman almost gets raped by a sumo wrestler, dude. Oh, we got fucking the ninja like uh, uh, hypnotizing. He does on that's it. right. Yeah, we got Kane being hypnotized by that woman's breast in the wet T-shirt. It's just, it's amazing. It's, it's so good. Is this a ninja film or is this like a, an Epstein documentary? <laughs> everything. <laughs> it's everything. That's why it's my number one. All right. Uh, do we want to give Stuart the big finale? Yeah, we'll give Stuart the big finale. We'll let you go last. I'll uh, my number one because no one's gonna agree with me on this. It's the Apple. It's the <laughs> fucking great. It's I put it on the background every other day because I love hearing that music. I'm still still on the search for this. It came out on vinyl. I want it on vinyl so bad. And me and Murray were talking about it the other day because he found a soundtrack for Treasure of the Four Crowns. And it was like, this is a thing? And I was like, I'm still looking for the Apple on vinyl. And we agree. I'm either going to find it for a dollar at a thrift store or I'm going to find it you know, somewhere for $4,000. The price it's worth, $4,000, of course. 
but it, it's just it's so fucking cool. You got the cool dystopian nineteen ninety four. I remember that year. It was rough. I I like this though. World ruled by evil corporations, which is what we exist in. So they got that right. Uh, you got God Himself saving the day. Drives down in a fucking Rolls Royce. It predicted reality TV. That's basically what. Yeah. You know, American Idol. Uh, and I mean, if you're going to go with the songs, of course, they're all amazing, but I got my favorite, the, sh- uh, the show business, I believe it's what it's called. That's the one that Boogaloo himself. I are, believe uh, that's what it's my favorite. I believe it's called this. Yeah. I, yeah. I yeah. I, I mean, I wrote that. So I, uh, I would love to say like, this is shtick to Griffin, but no, he, he legitimately I, loves the apple. I, I watched it. I want to say 10 years ago and I've been watching it ever since it's very endearing I, I, my heart. I've never heard of it. I'm just Googling You've never it. Heard of it. I've never oh, heard like, of it. No, oh, uh, you're in for a time. About an it's hour. Experience. An hour know. 30 it, of just time. It's got a good cast, though. It's, uh, it's also called Star Rock as well, isn't it? It's got two titles. Star Rock? Oh, I Star never Rock. knew about the other title. Yeah, this, well, I'm, uh, well, first of all, you should have listened to our episode on it. Maybe you just forgot because mm. there's so many great episodes. <laughs> but that was... Uh, Menachem Golan's brainchild. He, yeah. This was gonna. He was gonna save the world with this movie. He wrote and directed it, and uh, it was a tremendous flop. <laughs> it is. It, you got to watch it. Definitely watch it. But yeah. uh, all right, all right. That's enough of the apple, Stuart. Let's hear your number one. See, I Murray, you're not gonna like this, but I couldn't work out how to pick a number one. I thought, how do I do it? So I looked at spreadsheets. I had little things written on whiteboards. I, I put out a Twitter poll. I could not work it. So then, what I ended up doing was, I would just take my hat and I would turn it around, and it was like a switch. So when the switch goes on, I feel like another person. I feel, I don't know, like a truck, like a machine. <laughs> Over the top. Over the top. I love that movie. Yeah. We're going to have to agree to meet halfway. No. Oh, no. No, I reject that. (laughs) I reject your choice. I reject the movie. (laughs) Double or nothing. What do you say? I'll put it this way. This is a great movie about arm wrestling. I'll give it that much. It is. It really is. This is one of the greatest movies. There you go. That's it. One of the greatest movies. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Oh, I'll meet you halfway. I don't. Uh, so there it is, people. These are the top 15 or, I don't know, 12, because we doubled up a couple times. Yeah. Movies, canon made. And the greatest thing about this, Griff, we have an episode for every single fucking movie we picked. We do, yeah. So and We still have more canon movies to do. Which we'll get to eventually. <laughs> so you guys need to go check those episodes out because they'll change your life. Especially the Steven Seagal episodes. They are my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. I They're love the them as much as Steven Seagal loves pies. And that's a lot. <laughs> oh, you know, I've only seen Steven Seagal eat carrots. I've never seen him eat a pie. I assume he eats lots of them, though. So he actually eats them while he sleeps. He has them intravenously injected into him so he doesn't have to chew, so he can ingest more pies. That that would make sense. Yeah. You got to think, what happened to that guy? He did, why did he? I, I'm assuming he's, he's an athlete. He's a dick. <laughs> Basically, I'm reading, I'm, I'm reading the, um, uh, and I wish I had the book here to read the thing out, but I'm reading the autobiography of John Leguizamo, you know, the guy from John Wick's. Like, yeah. You stole John Wick's car? Him. And he talks about when he'd worked with Seagal years and years before and out for justice. And they got on okay. And then executive decision was being made and they all got together again. And Steven Seagal walks into this boot camp thing that all the Marines are doing. And he stands in front of everybody's like, right, I'm in charge. If anybody doesn't like it, they can leave. And Leg was almost like, hey, Steven, how are you doing? So Steven Seagal picked him up and threw him against the wall. He's like, this guy's a dick. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many stories. And the executive decision, Steven Seagal. I mean, you've seen the film? You've both seen executive yes, I have seen that one, yeah. So he, Steven Seagal's not in it for long. It's mainly a cameo. And he's there's a, a hijacked plane, and Steven Seagal and all his Marines are in the plane below. They, they, they dock. 
and then they're all supposed to sneak into the, the hijacked plane and take out the terrorist. And Steven Seagal's character is supposed to die by when the pressure thing goes and Steven Seagal's head blows up. But Steven Seagal didn't think that would ever happen to Steven Seagal, so he refused to come out of his dressing room until he rewrote it. Because what Steven Seagal wanted to do was he wanted to die by holding the two planes together, but he couldn't quite do it, and it ripped him in half. <laughs> but that did not either. So that's what happened to Steven Seagal. He's a big airhole. Well, no, I, 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 yeah, he's a total douchebag. I'm talking about physically what happened <laughs> yeah. to him. Oh, like, physically, I, I, yeah. I'm assuming he was an athlete at one time. Like I, I, I don't know. Have we ever really checked out his credentials? Are they real? I mean, yeah. We... If you look on YouTube, his uh, some of them are, but his his uh, his martial arts skills are definitely real. But he, somebody said, you know what, Stephen, uh, you've got a big screen presence, and he kind of understood that wrong, and he went out and ate more. And then when screens got bigger, he thought he would need to get bigger as well. So he just <laughs> clearly. I just I love how when you see him in his first few movies, he's like right. tiny and his head kind of looks too big for him. And then his, his hairline is just like receding and slowly he's putting on weight and then his hairline starts coming back. And so it, it was just funny to see him bloat up and the hair come back. It's like clearly he associated eating with hair. But his, no his first few that. movies are great. I really, I do like. I think after Under Siege, man, yeah, they kind of drop off the radar a little bit. But you know, the, the first few I, are pretty good. I really enjoy them, and it's not because I think they're particularly good, but I think he is that kind of an asshole where I love watching it just to see how uh, ir- uh, arrogant he is. Well, he's so unself-aware. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. He's so unself-aware. Like in all of his movies, when he gets on his knees and dares people to hit him, and he always gets the best of them and shit. Like, that, yeah, you, you never see him actually take a punch. I mean, he goes into that bar. Has anyone seen Richie? And he fucking takes out a whole bar. You know, he's always Good. taking out whole bars. Good at you. Yeah. Wonder what happened to that dog. Short. Thank you for coming on. It's been too long. Well, I think the last time we talked to you was Silent Rage. It was almost a year ago. Yeah, almost a year ago. I need to get back together sooner. Okay. You might, like I said, when we reveal our final episode of Terrible Two Month, I think you're going to want to be a part of it. But we'll talk about that off mic. So this is it. These are the top five, top 15, top whatever you want to call the movies. Check them out. First of all, listen to our episode on these movies and then go watch the movies. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. We'll see you next time on the next tippy tap episode.